0: against our minds this podcast it's another fun episode of the show today we're talking to adam Fulham. he is the founder of startup network europe based in dublin they do great events for startups all across europe and uh i'm sure that uh they have a very great community throughout not only ireland but uh just you know over time from building these events and uh growing up i mean just pushing entrepreneurship and uh helping founders across the across europe across <laughs> across the atlantic and uh you know i think that's really important because um founders they do need that community where um you know it's not just a one person show so adam thank you for taking the time today. I'm, I'm great excited to meet you and talk to you about uh, what you're doing
1: yeah Dan. Uh, good afternoon from Ireland. good morning uh to san francisco
0: man yeah so you, you're telling me you went out last night and you had a couple 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 guinnesses or <laughs> what happened
1: yeah we had actually it was really cool so um I do a lot of conferences, but yesterday we did a Dublin startup meetup. Yeah. So it was basically like a house party uh, with only 50 people, but all the 50 people were founders and it was so good. Really, really good. Oh man. Uh, just talking to people <laughs> who, who are as crazy as you are, who who also work seven days a week. And uh, it, was, it was a really nice event. So uh, it's the afternoon now. I think I'm recovered.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot more, uh, what do you call that? experience with the coming coming home at like 4 a.m and yeah over, over here yeah wow wow dude that's so cool um was this like a planned event or was it just you know you decided to go out or was that part it was of the job plan. part of the job right yeah. getting clients drunk and you know making them no, feel it,
1: it was planned so um you know i know i normally do these uh, bigger events and this was just a lot more intimate and it was really good And, um, I, you know, across Europe, I do big events, but I think I might start doing, uh, these smaller sort of events. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people pay 10 or $15 for a ticket, um, but in return, they're getting unlimited beer. So it's, it's a good deal. Um, or unlimited soda, you know, there's some non-alcoholic drinkers out there, of course. And, um, yeah, it was a really cool vibe. I really liked it.
0: Can, Can you tell me a little bit about how, uh, you created startup network Europe because, uh, Maybe like um coming out of Ireland, like did you have this vision to connect like the whole comp I mean not the continent, but the what's that word? Continent, no, um what, what's that word? Is it con- no not country, it's uh
1: continents, yeah.
0: Continent, continent, yeah, continent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I so I set up
1: Startup Network Europe as Startup Network Ireland um about three years ago, right before COVID. And um, you know, I figured, hmm, if I want to actually be ambitious. I'm going to say Startup Network Europe because, um, yeah, if you if you start with an ambitious name, then it could actually become Startup Network Europe and you could do events all over Europe. And um, that's how the name started out. And I had this plan to do events all over Europe, but then uh, something called COVID happened
0: sure, yeah.
1: I felt terrible. Um, But you know what, I I adapted, I did a lot of online events. Um, It was a great opportunity actually in the end, COVID was. And um, now we just do face-to-face events across Europe. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, a lot of WhatsApp groups with hundreds of founders each uh, in the likes of Ireland, Sweden, France, um, a lot of different countries. And the WhatsApp groups are so cool because, you know, sometimes you have a question that you can't find the answer to on Google. like a recommendation so these whatsapp groups are just really powerful for that um you know hey can anyone recommend an accountant or hey can anyone recommend this accelerator and then the accelerator turns out to be terrible so the person doesn't make a mistake and lose lots of equity so um that's a really cool thing about community i think um that is missing from google or chat GBT.
0: absolutely yeah we're people we need to be like in person and like uh connected you know better than uh, just a couple of text messages you know what I'm saying I think uh, 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 yeah I think Noren was asking like what, what it takes to really build a robust startup community more than a Slack channel because you see a lot of uh, a lot of discord groups or you know just like generic um, I would say generic like text groups or people who have like a like an email like you're in an email newsletter but you're not really in a community it feels like
1: yeah so so I've tried discord i'm not saying there's not good discord groups out there yeah. but i have a group on discord with a thousand people i haven't logged into it in a month because then huh? every time i log in it asks me for my Q- a qr code and i just yeah. don't bother so that group i don't think anyone has posted in one month uh, i have another slack group uh, for 500 people and uh, nobody's posted that in that for about 6 months and uh, WhatsApp is not perfect it has a lot of problems but what is nice <laughs> about WhatsApp is people check it all the time and I don't know about America but uh, over here in Europe in most countries anyway uh, WhatsApp is a monopoly um it's what everybody uses wow. uh, in terms of teaching.
0: Do you uh well, I mean when you uh, first started this did you did you uh like what was the first thing you did because I think like making events is a really fun and i've done events too for a couple of things like what did i do i did like asian founders meet up and yeah for a friday night or something but w- w- i guess like it didn't continue because i don't know i mean i just it was an experiment did you so when you started did you like make a business out of it like you know like was that what you started doing yeah. first or
1: So one one thing that happened was um, I set the business up part time and then I I had a job. I was working in Italy and uh, I was making, I had this idea, COVID happened. So I had this idea to do webinars for my employer and we were selling uh, university marketing packages to universities. And um, I was doing these webinars with one or two or 300, you know, university marketing people. And afterwards we would follow up with the universities and you know the co. My employer is getting good sales for play to them, um. But then I realized, well, I'm making a lot of money for my employer. Why don't <laughs> I, uh, you know, try make some money for myself and do do something independently? So, uh, I like entrepreneurship. But I said, oh, I'll do I'll do events for startups, webinars for startups, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah i was able to monetize it but i think before i started monetizing it i probably had 10 years of doing events as a hobby part-time so there's a lot of there's always a it's, there's no such thing as an overnight success story 100 uh, yeah so much <laughs> to happened before that
0: well well so well, you know adam what gave you like the confidence is it just you who did you find somebody else to help you was it like a you know a solo solo founder thing right
1: I yeah I started off solo now now I have a few staff um and also uh, freelancers um from places like the Philippines where oh, I descent nice. uh great the great people over there to work with so um yeah I've got a team now but it's you know in the beginning was a tough I mean the, see I'm not a typical startup I'm not developing a product so uh-huh. <laughs> I think most businesses even startups with a product you should try to set up the this, this startup in your part-time while you have a job and just play around for a few months a few years maybe might be necessary yeah. and just play around and one day what happened with me was I, I made like zero money in the first two or three years yeah. uh, with a business idea and then I made a few hundred euros and then a few thousand euros and then one day everything clicked and I could make a full-time income um which was more than my much more than my salary in Italy um so yeah sometimes it takes a while but it's the decision to quit your job can be very obvious uh once you get it right
0: I I, I gotta ask you uh Adam like you know Europe they speak like what 20 different languages did you do you know more I mean how did you you know how how did is it I mean i guessing like if you had an event in like Spain or something then uh Everybody speaks Spanish, but um, do you do you feel like you bring other people from, like let's say, like Ireland and, and uh, you know France, or just generically other parts of Europe to a, like a single event in like a different um, like, city or country and so city?
1: One good thing about the business is all our events, except one, have been in English. Uh, I did. What I speak Italian, so I speak Spanish, Italian, a bit of Portuguese. So, um, in Italy, <laughs> when I did, I Italy's a bit unique. When I did an event in Rome once, uh, let's say there was a hundred people, maybe mm-hmm. 90, ninety of them were Italian, and. Yeah, so we did the event in Italian. But most of the time when I do these events, half the people are foreigners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even here in Ireland, um, I've anecdotally asked the audience, oh, who here is from Ireland? Half the people put their hand up and half the people say, no, uh, I'm from another country. Um, And even with the US, um, I think 25% of founders are foreigners. So maybe foreigners, 5% of the population. So they're very uh, overrepresented. And I think it's because... Uh, generally if you're a foreigner you have to be a bit crazy you have to take a bit of a risk to go all the way from India or maybe Mexico and, and you go through a lot of hardships you don't know anybody when you arrive in America and um, just foreigners are way more likely to take risks right. and That translates to entrepreneurship as well um, so almost every event I've done has been 50-50 uh, native people if you want to put it that way <laughs> uh, entrepreneurs and uh, and and immigrants first generation immigrants
0: yeah did you um so let's let's like figure out what, so what happens at these events is it more it's more than drinking right it's more like conversation or is it like yeah. what else goes on you know is it is it um you always have to get a guest speaker and like secure a venue or uh yes. all that stuff
1: yeah so typically i i do a lot of events like um the irish startup conference the dutch startup conference and it's generally People arrive at 6pm, they can have a few drinks and um, then we have an hour of content and the hour of content has to be scale up founders and investors. Uh, there's so many events out there with so-called business experts. No, the business experts are people who have built successful companies. So we mm-hmm. we only have an hour of content because we're in the TikTok generation. yeah. People to the hour maximum, and um, normally they're panels. So you have a lot of dynamic going on between different people. Um, from an event organizer point of view as well, I never have just one speaker because what if they're sick? It's a, and they can't turn out. It's 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 a disaster. So, um. We have an air of content, and then we go back to networking. We go to the pub and people network. Uh, So, yeah, I think so far the events have been very good. Uh, The only issue is these are very general startup events, and you might be a fintech, and you might talk to 10 investors, but none of them invest in fintech. Mm -hmm. So I think going forward, we'll do less of the kind of general startup events, and we'll do more vertical events, because at least that way,
0: Mm -hmm. everybody
1: room is in your sector and they're a potential business partner or investor.
0: Wow, that's cool. And you know, um, when you first started this, did you did you uh you know what what kept you making what kept you wanting to continue doing events? Was it that you had a really positive reception or was it like you said there's more more business there's a real real way to connect the uh, different countries in Europe together through through entrepreneurship and uh through uh, startups?
1: Yeah, um, good question. I guess uh, in the beginning, I just knew, I, I actually knew very little about startups. So I knew I loved entrepreneurism. Uh-huh. So uh, I just said, okay, I love events. I love entrepreneurism. I'll do events for startups. And I look back up, I still have my first webinars online. They're not terrible, terrible, but I, I asked some like really basic questions and um but I keep them up because it's all a learning process isn't it um so I, I liked doing them as a hobby in the beginning but uh yeah once I started making money that that was a that became a big motivator as well um I think what's different nowadays is when you when you have staff it's like having children I, not in the sense that um the the staff are like children in any way but uh you have responsibilities like mm-hmm. you when you're one person it's great you can work as little or as much as you want but when you have um, people relying on you for salaries and then you're also paying taxes and you have to come up with uh this amount of money at the end of every month um yeah you start to take things a lot more seriously and you have to focus on money and not just the 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 dream and the vision
0: that's very true yeah i feel that right now you know um taxes are coming up and in uh, the the, uh, the the United States and uh, yeah, I've I'm, I've got to finish those out. But um, and I also relate to you about making the money. It's so so. How do you guys make money? Is it through people paying to be at the events or sponsors or you have to sell yeah, so, a different package to someone? How's that work?
1: So typically uh, our events are free and um, we have sponsors and yeah, sponsors pay us money and that's been a good business model. I, I think an issue nowadays is it is a tougher environment for startups uh-huh. therefore if startups have less funding um they're they're less able to purchase products of some of our sponsors so what's happening now is um we're we're going towards events that may have sponsors but we're relying more so on ticket revenue and um i think that's one reason why we're going towards vertical events because if you go to an event and you pay 100 euro for a ticket, I mean, some some of these events, people pay 1 or 2,000 euro for a ticket, but um, I, I, I want that if people pay 100 euro for a ticket, it's really worth the money. And I think the key is uh, vertical events, as I mentioned, so uh, fintech events, robotics events, um, I, I think, yeah, that that's the way to go. Um, and it's good for it's good for me in terms of revenue, the tickets, but it's also good for all the attendees.
0: Wow, yeah, that's a, a one one k to two k per per ticket per in euros. Yeah, that's great. Like, did you uh? What did you have to? I, well, I don't think I'll be doing that. I mean, oh. <laughs> maybe one
1: but uh, I I think there's space actually to do much cheaper events. Um, which, which would be nice and uh, something more affordable for everyone. What
0: what is uh like? What is what is? I mean, I know events like I've I've like, it's a lot of coordination, right? But like, I feel like. <laughs> it's also a lot of, uh, I, I mean, you could say setting up and like planning, right? Did you, did you find like that was like what stuff you like to do? Or do you just, because I know, I know in every company there's, there's like, for instance, I mean, there's, there's really parts that you enjoy then there's parts that you just have to do to, to, to be able to run the company. Did, did you enjoy, um, you know, gathering people and building the community or, or like, how did you deal with like other challenges like that, that could be, a part of that process which would be um you know you know coordinating with a lot of people and like setting things up and like you know all that stuff because that, that stuff sounds kind of challenging um but the other stuff you know it sounds like fun right drinking beers and then uh yeah
1: it's it's worth it i think um you know there, there's a few steps one is yeah i get the speakers so normally like, I, I think nine out of 10 business events are terrible. You know, they're, they're multi-level marketing. They're <laughs> um, certain types of career coaches who are just here to sell to you. Not all coaches are bad, of course. It's just there's yeah. certain types who sell, sell, sell. And um, even once in Dublin, I, I went to a Scientology meeting by mistake that oh. they advertised it yeah, they advertise it as like a self-help meeting, how uh, to be more successful in business. Um, So I just went to a lot of bad events in Dublin and um, I just realized, hold on, the speakers should be more successful than the audience. So the audience can actually learn, okay, how this person built a company with five, 10, 100 employees. Um, that was one thing. Um, And also the social elements. I have gone to events with amazing speakers, but then everyone just goes home and i think having those drinks non-alcoholic or alcoholic whatever uh, mm-hmm. after the event it's so important you know that's where you really uh, get to know people and then if you meet them at two or three or four different events uh, you start to remember their name and what they do and that's when you get a community really becoming stronger
0: wow yeah so you even have like the london startup meetup you get the barcelona startup conference yeah the madrid startup conference <laughs> Um, so you got to fly, do, is you, you all have to be there. Do you have to personally like be there in person to, to do these? Like, and you have to fly. Yeah. Your...
1: yeah, maybe one day I'll, you know, I might have one person in, um, in different cities, but, uh, for now I, I love going to, I haven't been in Valencia, so I'm going there and then Barcelona and Madrid and, uh, yeah, right now it's just, it's just me going over. Um, you know, though it's probably the same with America, even though, europe has 500 million people yeah you have the startups are based in about 10 cities so london is number one then paris then berlin then you know stockholm and a few other cities so uh, you don't you know you don't have to travel to 50 different cities which is good and when you think of the u.s it's really just probably san francisco followed by New York, and then a few others
0: oh man and then uh uh no that's really cool i guess like you you had told me Adam like there was this moment I think like a couple conversations earlier today like you you had said like there was this moment that this all worked out and you was it you quit your job like what, what when was that moment was it um you know you had your first event and a lot of people paid or like a lot of uh, people came
1: yeah I saw so my first I did a few again I did a few events but I did this event called the uh, Irish Startup Conference twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. which happened in april oh actually this could be the anniversary i gotta <laughs> i'm gonna give that a quick google yeah um, but but basically uh that event uh, at the time i was living in italy so italy ireland's a rich country italy the, the salaries can be about half um what ireland is so i wasn't earning that much but Italy's also a cheap country and um Without going into detail, you know, I did this one event. It was a bit of a risk, but I made three times my salary at the time. And I knew straight away, okay, the Irish Startup Conference works. The same concept will probably work in Sweden, in Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland. So I had a bit of money in the bank, a few thousand Mm -hmm. Mm euros. And I said, okay, I'm going to quit my job. And I started setting up four events in those countries I mentioned for a few months later. And yeah, it all worked out so so it was a bit of a risk technically but you know i just had this good feeling if it works here it's probably going to work elsewhere
0: did, did you have like some super, super good marketing or like how did you get you know how did you get all those people to come <laughs>
1: um it's a couple of things so i use linkedin for 90 95 of my marketing oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um I'll just say I I can't give away all my secrets Um, and if anyone from LinkedIn is uh, listening, you know, everything I do is legal Um, and what I'm going to mention is legal. So uh, basically, when it comes to LinkedIn, uh, a lot of people out there with LinkedIn sales navigator profiles, um, they get 50 credits a month. And um, it turns out with LinkedIn, actually, you can send 800 messages a month um, (laughs) because you get get 50 credits for people with normal closed profiles. um, But between 10 to 20 percent of people have open profiles. So it means every month you can send an additional 750 messages um and what I, what i love about linkedin is uh i think the open rates are if you have a good message mm-hmm. about 80% of people are, are going to open your message and see it so mm-hmm. um yeah, go linkedin but uh, use it in a smart way um you can really optimize it if you if you use it right
0: man i like that yeah i i know that uh, the tech community is always on linkedin so that's that's a great way to <laughs> yeah. connect and i i mean i've met a lot of good people on linkedin too um for for you adam did you know enough about like the I guess like the investing world and like the entrepreneurial world before you got into this or you know like was it you were learning about how startups functioned um as you were uh, meeting meeting people as as you built this uh giant network you have was it uh was it something that um you just kept learning along the way or you know did you go to school yeah. and learn to this stuff too or how did it work
1: yeah so even events. I, n- I never studied events, but in a way it was an advantage because I came up with like a very yeah. unique concept. So my first webinars there, it was crazy. I was doing 90 minute events with 30 different speakers. um. So everyone would talk for two minutes each. Um, You don't study that in events in a university. So but I had to eventually study events because I, I had to learn, OK, how do I got sponsors, for example? Um. So. There's some stuff I learned along the way. Startups, I didn't know what venture capital was when I set up Startup Network Europe. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I didn't know what a managing partner was or a partner. Uh, there's loads of things I didn't know, but I, I was kind of aware of that. I just knew, I love events. I love entrepreneurship. I'll just learn along the way. Um, I think there's a lot of startups who just... They they think they have to study, study, study and hold back the release of their product for years. And right. in general, the best thing to do is just release it. You'll see your, your mistakes straight away, hopefully, and then hopefully you take action on it as well.
0: For, for, for the sponsors, um, Adam, I think like that's a pretty important way of like how media works and like how uh events work. When you close your first sponsor, um, like a paid sponsor, how did you uh how did you, I guess? get yourself to do that was it like just pure salesmanship or was it just luck or was it you know um just a a lot of hard work how how do you explain getting a sponsor i think
1: that so yeah a lot of my first events weren't sponsored but this one i mentioned the irish startup conference yeah we got this uh, irish accounting firm to sponsor the events um and yeah i had reached out to them so i just thought of Okay, startups, what what services do they need? Accounting, legal, this and that. And I think I ca- played the numbers game. I contacted maybe 100 people. I mean, I previously had sales jobs. But yeah, I just put a good message to you know, hundred people and maybe two or three of them had meetings with me, and then one of them, yeah, got the package. so
0: right. kudos uh, to you. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was nice validation. Oh, this business might work. And then, um, yeah, it did it did work as as time went on
0: you know you know the thing about events is like I, I i'd say like they're they're what low margins or i mean it gets that depends on how you ran the events or any business but when you uh when you saw like that 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 this could work did you feel like um you know you you were taking less of a chance or a risk as time went forward because um or or how did you see that because you know you, you create something cool and it works once but you don't know if it'll work again. Um, did you think that these events were were going to be, uh, what's it called? As successful as you had in, in mind or, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I felt confident enough when I quit my job and I had these other events coming up. I think the, the big uncertainty was actually uh, the end of the, well, the pandemic is still going on technically, but the end of lockdowns. Um, when we realized, okay, you're gonna to have to start doing in-person events. Um, but you know, the in my job where basically the job where I started doing webinars, I I consciously, consciously said, Oh damn, I have normally six sales meetings a week in my in the job I had, and then all of a sudden it's five and then four and then two and then zero, because the whole world is locking down and people are not ready for sales meetings. But I made the very conscious decision, brainstorming for two or three days. OK, what can we do? And I did a oh, webinars. We'll, we'll we'll do webinars about how COVID is affecting universities. So I think when, the, you know, a transition to in-person events was, yeah, the biggest uncertain thing we've ever had. But um, I, you know, I don't complain. It's like, okay, let's adapt. <laughs> and I actually think in-person events are way better, to be honest. Uh, and I also think, yeah, there's probably more, more revenue potential as well from in-person events because people go to events for networking, first and foremost. Webinars have declined, I think, 85,
0: 90% yeah.
1: uh, since their peak. And um, people want to, they, they want to travel. They want to have beers. They want to talk to people. Um, it's much better.
0: Wow, yeah. So how do you do, like, how often are these events? Are they like every month or like how how often do you you put on events actually? So
1: so sometimes I do nothing for two months and then in one month I might do 10 events. Wow. Um, But I think going forward, we're going to do less of these local events, uh, like, like the Barcelona Startup Conference, like the Madrid Startup Conference. And we're going to probably end up doing only five or 10 events a year, but they'll be focused on verticals. Um, So it could be, let's say, the European AI conference. I've done that online before, but the next one might happen in London. And, um, you know, it's going to take a lot more organization. Maybe we'll get a thousand people and they'll be paying for tickets. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more. It's a full day event. But I would rather do 10 really valuable full day day events than maybe 60 kind of evening events that deliver some value, but not, not that much
0: yeah yeah for, for your events um and so do you have to pay like a venue or does a venue just agree and say like we'll welcome this and you know we'll take like 10 percent 15 percent how's that work
1: time. but in general i have to pay and um actually there's some it's weird like some cities like london believe it or not are very cheap for venues i uh-huh. think it's a and demand thing whereas uh, Germany for some reason is extremely expensive I mean even the pubs over there uh, they insist that you you pay a deposit of 5,000 euro um, and then if people only spend a thousand euro you only get 4,000 euro they keep 4,000 euro essentially so there, there's certain cultures which are very expensive for venues and some that are very cheap so yeah that, that's just uh, an event organized
0: <laughs> man that's that's interesting i've got to i've got to go to one of these events now you i've, I've never been to europe You're very welcome You're, yeah I, thank you man have Have you ever been to uh the united states or america i used to
1: live in dc actually um for a, for a couple of months about 10 years ago and um mr biden is in ireland at the moment i, I met him six years ago so All right yeah we didn't talk about startups but uh yeah interesting guy i, I have a book signed by him so He's just uh he's got Irish descent, so he's oh. doing a tour of where all his ancestors were at the moment. <laughs>
0: sleepy, sleepy Joe.
1: <laughs> sleepy Joe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so many memes about him. Uh, I enjoy them.
0: Oh man, most definitely. Well well, um when you came to uh what what do you, what do you say is like the culture difference in terms of entrepreneurship in, in America versus Europe, if you you think there is one or is there not one and it's just all just hustle and because I know Europe, like it gets a, I won't say a bad rep, but it gets like a, a what do you call that, a reputation for, um, relaxing, right, or like, is that wrong? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I, I would say, okay, um, in terms of food, four day work
0: week or something like that, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more traditional, so I think, um, basically there's a few differences so in America for example you have way more funding uh, private funding venture capitalists uh, they're way better set up than in Europe Uh, the good thing about Europe is maybe there's more support from government so there's more government grants um, you know free mentorship things like that in terms of culture I think um, we're importing a lot of good things from America in terms of people you know oh failure um, it's a good thing you learn from it A, a lot of a lot of the culture in Ireland, uh, for example, is oh that person failed, what an idiot. But I think in America it's oh that person failed, oh, well they tried and uh, they'll fail again and learn and learn. So um, that is one good thing in terms of the culture. I'll say about America.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of risk takers here. You know, um, a lot of people who who don't like their job and want to quit, like you and me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I- it's uh yeah no, actually it comes down to immigrants as well we talked about how immigrants take risks and uh, you know america is a an immigrant nation so i think it it go sure. it, it transcends the generations uh people are still still immigrants in a way over there
0: man I, th- I think that's a good point um when you when you you know you mentioned um that whole thing about you know looking at your faults and and i think i think that's something you were getting into as well as uh is that you make a lot of mistakes as a founder or entrepreneur and um you have to look at those mistakes and faults uh, as your own and like blaming yourself on things you can't control versus like external things it kind of it it's liberating is what what i'm I'm reading from noran but uh yeah that's such a good point i think can, can you tell me a little bit more about that just because i know that uh
1: yeah, there, there's a beautiful book um called, by an American guy uh, called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I think it's a book that I mention most. But the first chapter is all about like the best habit you can have is actively try to blame yourself for all your problems. And what you'll realize is, yeah, 90, 95 percent of the problems <laughs> in your life are your fault. Um, but it's great because then it means you can fix them if it, you know. So, for example, um, you know, if you're overweight, okay, it's because I eat too much and I don't exercise, but that's a good thing. It's not my metabolism. it's because if I take certain actions i I can you know improve the way I look or what happened with me? I used to live in Chile, and i I wasn't it wasn't a good period of my life because of things that happened before I went over, but i mm-hmm. always I always felt all oh, Chileans are so hard to make friends with, but now I look back and I think, Adam if you just posted in a Facebook group, hey, I'm Irish, I'm looking for a tan, you know, like a language exchange partner, I would have gotten 100 or 200 messages. Um, and since I've left Chile, I've gotten and I've, you know, things have improved for me. Um, I've made so many Chilean friends who are lovely people. So I realized, oh, it was never Chile's fault that I wasn't making friends. It was me not going out and, you know, posting in groups and being proactive and finding friends. So the, anyway entrepreneurism is all about um blaming yourself first um taking self-responsibility and it, it just leads to so many good things in life
0: yeah i wonder that you know a lot of people you know it's, it's all documented that we all have problems right but a lot of it you kind of i guess like there's what there's this um culture of blaming the external event or saying it's somebody else's fault right but um you know I know what you you mean when you say it's, it's you take responsibility and say it's your fault or um yeah it's just each person's responsible for or their fault for what 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 things are did you uh I guess it's a harsh tr- truth to 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 accept right just how how did you accept that or like how did you you know what I mean like how did you welcome that thought because I think it's like a lot of people they don't want to believe that right
1: no they don't and um, <laughs> i think yeah i think america it happens a lot in europe too but um there's a lot of you know the, the victim olympics you know people try to be the the biggest victim and um well oh, man th- there's some you know th- th- there are people who've had very difficult lives i mean some people definitely have more difficult backgrounds than others but you just have to say okay that happened what what am I going to do about it am I going to keep being a victim and I, I'm just talking from my personal experience um, I read this book and quite a few other books and um, yeah yeah that, that changed my life uh, and what happens is when you you know read about entrepreneurism you end up reading about self-improvement uh, in terms of health in terms of the gym and then you start learning about self-improvement in terms of relationship and it's so weird but all these books are just they're th- totally different topics but one leads to another and another and I-, I love them there's some great books out there
0: yeah yeah have you ever read a uh, think and grow rich have you read that one?
1: Oh yeah yeah I-, I read that years ago that that's
0: that's <laughs> man that one that one uh i wouldn't say changed my life but it definitely I guess in a way it did change my life like it it just it just showed me like you can go for it if you fail the the thing is you won't have regret and you'll, you'll really learn like I think like in life you know you have to really like really push forward and 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 you know you're gonna get bumps and bruises along the way um in a figurative sense but that's that's the only way you you really persevere is you know when you're when you're like a hundred no's in a row and you, you get that one yes, you know what I mean? Like not a people, not a lot of people can can stomach that or can handle that. But yeah, actually, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, can, yeah.
1: A, yeah go ahead. I, go no,
0: ahead. Might, I think that was it, but you had something else to, to jump on.
1: Yeah, like um sales is a fantastic uh, job to get into because um it's all about rejection and the numbers game and you know oh the other guy the other sales guy is doing a better job than me so he does 50 calls a day I'll do 100 calls a day because I'm in I'm in I'm in trouble my you know my employer is looking at me and um yeah if you just do more calls then you will get at least an equal amount of sales and then as you do more calls you'll also improve the quality of your calls and then eventually you'll do better than all the other sales people <laughs> in the office so um yeah just yeah play the numbers game and the numbers game works for everything it works for uh, finding clients it works for I mean if you talk to a lot of 100 people you're going to meet one person who is going to be your best friend you're going to meet one person who could be a girlfriend or boyfriend sure, yeah. um, but if you talk to nobody and you don't play the numbers game um, none of that will happen so yeah just accept rejection as part of life
0: do you do you think as people like there's this you know the the techno- the rise of technology and like the I guess like I wouldn't say like um uh like uh text messaging but I guess digital the digital the digital what do you call that the digital age where people are kind of more to themselves and don't really socialize like I know your 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 whole company is based on social interactions really. But I feel like, you know, when you mentioned like the sales thing and like being, getting re- getting rejected, a lot of people are fearful of that, I guess, like, or they're nervous and all that. Do you, um, do you like, do you have anything to say about that? Or is it just more like we all just have to find the, the inner courage or the confidence, not not the confidence, but just the decision, make that decision to to put yourself out there or make these, you know, in sales when it's, you know, you do a lot of outreach just putting yourself out there is that something that should be forced or you know what i mean like we all yeah, yeah. no no
1: i get you yeah i know um i don't know i i feel like an old man i don't i don't like the online dating i don't like um, me neither dude yeah yeah i don't like uh i don't like webinars (laughs) i I like um, i like like face-to-face events and um yeah i've heard about japan in particular um well people also work a lot in japan so they're, they're exhausted they come home and they're just by themselves all the time and yeah it's one they're reason why, yeah it's one reason why now you have a huge lack of births in japan because people aren't even meeting each other Um, they're just spending so much time on their own at home um so yeah get, get out into the real world
0: what's it like in ireland is it is it like people they're always at pubs and in the uh
1: um well it's uh it's getting better now because we're getting much better weather <laughs> oh yeah uh, but yeah I, I sometimes like i mean uh yeah because i i, I had a few people working for me now I, I i i work seven days a week but i'm not complaining so do most people and you know it's better to do seven days a week of something you enjoy than something you 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 hate because i've been there i've had terrible yeah. jobs but, yeah um yeah, it gets, it does get lonely sometimes as a, as an entrepreneur, but, uh, I, I think I'll, actually one thing I do have to do is sometimes you, you are actually more effective if you take one, one day off a week, yeah. or two days off a week, and you're actually better for the other five or six days. So that, that might, I am mean, that's a bit off topic, but it, right. probably a lot of people listening are, um, they, they might do that and yeah, d- don't get locked into that.
0: <laughs> it's <the only> <laughs> did, did you, um, do you did you have like a like a, a mentor along your way along this way or you know like a I, who, I have books yeah books, I
1: have uh, book daddies you know um, like, <laughs> sure uh, well four hour workweek was my my big life changing book by Tim Ferriss and then uh, I read some great books um, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think because um, oh, well, there are some other ones um, the twenty two immutable laws of marketing. Oh, wow. uh, influenced by Robert Cialdini. Um, even The Wolf of Wall Street was pretty good, but yeah, the one I recommend most is the seven habits of highly effective people. Because actually, I i don't know, as you get more advanced, you don't you don't you you start to care you you focus a lot more on business logistics, but we can yeah. never forget the mindset, like you know, the title, mindset, like yeah. Of yeah, um like that actually is especially in the early stages it's so important and that book just the oh i'm gonna try to blame my problems on myself that that's just a so it can be so life-changing for some people
0: man it's 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 really the truth i think like i i was i'm guilty of doing that too you know it's just uh you 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 always think like i mean if you do that too like all the success you have is, is also your fault too so I, I take the counter of the argument for that um when, when it comes to the mindset part you, you had mentioned, like, do you think that you um had just this approach to building a community and growing like in-person events and, and you know, educating people come to these events about entrepreneurialism or the startup world in uh, not only Ireland, but, but other countries as well. Did you, do you think like you saw that as not as a challenge, but as a, what do you call that? As a, as a, like a joy, like, like something fun to do.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, some of these events coming up in Spain and Sweden, I mean, I I don't think (laughs) we'll even make a profit and that's okay. It's just the the opportunity to go over there and connect with people. Um, I love it. I, I love the trips. I mean, sometimes there are dry periods where I, I don't travel for two or three months. But um yeah, it's it's a joy. And uh even I'm gonna do an experiment this uh this June and July. Um I've got like tens of thousands of people in my database so um who've signed up to the events. So I'm gonna go to Greece for a month. Um, oh, wow. this this city called Th- Thessaloniki, and uh I'm just gonna say, hey, let's hey founders like why don't 10 or 20 or 100 of us just go to the same city for a month and we can all get our our own airbnbs um there won't be any fee any program or anything but just lots of us get together in the same place and uh i posted about it in some of my whatsapp groups and we already have 60 people signed up so we'll probably have a few hundred people after I, i email like my database but um yeah that that would be so cool because a lot a lot of these people as well who set up the companies they have that mindset of um you know self-responsibility and self-improvement and that you become a better person by hanging out with them you know how they say you're 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 the equivalent of the five or six people you hang around with so
0: yeah yeah man (laughs) That's, that's absolutely true I, I only hang out with a couple people and my dog, so I'm kind of <laughs> we're a little puffy. Um, well, Adam, I got to talk to you a little bit more about just a couple more things. Um, you know, it mentions that you, you see three three uh, trends that are coming up in the early stage startups. I'm mean, guessing one of them might be the AI world, but, you know, it's come, coming just from a, like a vertical perspective and, and the European perspective. Like, what, what do you see in that uh, geography that... Um, the, the startups are, I'd say, focusing on or, or trying to build new products. And...
1: Yeah, so basically start, startups right now are having a tough time. I mean, the, the, because we had this bubble in 2021, 2022 in terms of funding. And now it's gone back, I think, to 2020 levels. So it's not that bad if, if you compare it with 2020. Um, uh, you feel worse about it when you compare it with the bubble times of, of 2021, 2022. So the, the biggest trend, first of all, is people, there, there used to be this concept, oh, we'll make revenue and we might make, we might make loads of losses, but the more revenue, the better. And now people are like, oh, no, we <laughs> make profit, um, which kind of sounds like common sense. Like that's, that's the way it should have always been because um, I'm not really a typical startup, but I, I I'm a service uh, provider in a way, uh, but uh, that's one thing so they're starting to focus on profits and same with me um you know I've mentioned i I love startups but when I'm employing people and I have to pay salaries and taxes um yeah, I kind of have to do less startup events and I have to do more vertical events so to answer your question about verticals, you have a lot of companies like Intel uh or Microsoft which they they are actually they're Sectors are parts of their company are declining, and mm-hmm. you know, revenues are declining. But what I like about AI is they're investing billions in AI. I mean, Microsoft paid I don't know how many billions of euros for 49% of chat GPT. So, oh, wow, yeah, so a vertical that's definitely rising despite economic.
0: Uh, problems right yeah
1: AI. so ai is a, is a good one and i think fintech is still getting a lot of funding that's the top vertical in europe um probably in america too and yeah there's there's certain verticals which are on the up and that's that's why i'm looking at doing conferences for them
0: i, I gotta ask you adam one thing i'm wondering is like how, how do you how would you say like startup network europe differentiates itself from the other, I guess, event, not the other events, but other like similar um, networks in the space. Cause I I noticed like there are a lot of networks, but I I can tell like you have the community and you kind of truly care about people really networking and and getting to know each other over um, an event. Um, What do you say it is that makes you guys different from, I don't know, like another startup network there? So I think...
1: We have this a few WhatsApp groups, for example, uh, Startup Founders Ireland. And one reason the group is successful is that maybe 80% of the people, at least, are startup founders. And um, there's no selling allowed, even from myself, no (laughs) selling allowed. It's all focused on advice exchange. And then we try to have everyone meet up every two or three months. And I think to have a successful community, uh, you need to have... A very good online group where it's focused on people giving value to each other and it's, it's self-policing in a way so people don't spam and then people are also meeting you know and they if they meet a few times uh, they'll get to know each other remember each other's names so that i i guess that's one thing i do and i yeah i think a lot of communities out there the problem is um it's just run by somebody who wants to make money um uh, I mean I want to make money too but uh, at least you know <laughs> I've been making money from sponsors for example or or I just feel may, even from a selfish point of view maybe the WhatsApp groups can be an indirect form of marketing so uh-huh. but people know me from the WhatsApp group and they might they might see an event I'm doing but I I won't necessarily post that event in the group um I I think it's you deliver value to people first and then if you deliver value to people uh you know it's karma you, you'll get more in return in the end and everything
0: like would... that no that, that's that is really a good point i I mean uh i think like yeah yeah we, we've seen that work throughout like i don't know youtube channels and just a lot of digital creators um who, who just uh make good content and like you know customers eventually come in um one, one thing did did you have to like get what do you call that a, a loan or a grant or like was this like something you know you were able to get to profitability really quickly or
1: yeah we so we we started off we've gotten very few grants from the Irish government um just one really uh which was helpful I'm very I'm very grateful for it um but yeah we we started off pro- profitable from the beginning so I, I started off as one person and then after maybe six or nine months and enough cash in the bank. Then I hired the the first person. Um, so that that was a that was a good approach, I think. Um, I I was quite lucky. I you know, I, I know a lot of startups that there are developing your product and they do need funding. So I'm not gonna, uh, you know, be preachy and say, oh, you should set up your business part time while you have a job and then, you know, take it slowly. I know it's that's impossible for some people, uh, yeah. but it's what I did, and sometimes. I don't know like my logo i went onto fiverr.com which is an outsourcing website i paid this great guy um i think he's in pakistan 100 euros to do to do my logo um and he's done that twice for two different brands i have and i think you know having no money sometimes is great because you you learn how to spend it really really effectively <laughs> whereas maybe a lot of startups with funding will just pay five thousand dollars for for a logo concept and they'll pay yeah. ten thousand dollars for this and yeah you should try to be poor for a while and you'll learn a lot
0: man i like that um a couple couple more last things let me hear from you adam are, um you know like this this thing that you created is pretty impressive like there's different people from different countries and you know there's a community of entrepreneurs which is always good um just because i think they're they're ne- like somebody i interviewed like i think Two or three years ago, he he said, "Always have a community of people supporting what you're doing. Do you feel that community support from the people that you built a community with like they're they're championing startup network Europe um in in more ways than one? Is it how do you how would you like describe the support from the community that supports you yourself as well as like the the yeah the yeah
1: the, I mean, definitely our strongest group is startup Network Ireland. and you know ninety five percent of the time it's just chatter. But, you know, 5% of the time you have somebody who's revolute, whose phone was stolen and their revolute, their revolute, the, Revoluted, the Revoluted, is, account. Account. Yeah, 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 I don't know if it's in America or not, but um, this person lost thousands of euros uh, and because of the group, they were able to get it back within a couple of days. And there's some people who have had uh, a crisis and the group has helped solve it. And I love when that happens. And, you know, people say, oh, thanks for setting up the group. So I, I, I do love that. Um, probably the best, most, um, how do I say, oh, the most organic, most genuine experience we've had so far is um, uh, a few weeks ago in December, I went to Ukraine. So we do all these local conferences, but I decided, uh, oh, the first ever European startup conference. Uh, my idea was to do it in Brussels because that's where the European parliament was. But then of course, Ukraine was invaded and I, I just said, OK, we'll do it in Ukraine. So, I, you know, I, I it was very weird. I went to Warsaw by plane in Poland and then I took a train to the east of Poland. And then I took a train to Kyiv um, and we did this webinar from Kyiv, uh, me and a Ukrainian girl. But it was such a nice experience. And you just had the this entire startup community across Europe come together and support Ukraine. And yeah, there, there's some moments like that which are really, really rewarding.
0: That's very cool, man. Yeah, that's special. I, I know a couple of founders from Ukraine. They're they're all very awesome. So
1: yeah, good, PayPal, good, Really good
0: people. Uh,
1: yeah, we had Steve Wozniak, uh the co-founder of Apple, uh, at the event at the event, and he's actually uh Ukrainian, ethnic Ukrainian. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And um Ukraine PayPal, one of the founders, is uh, Ukrainian, uh, at least one. Max uh, Max
0: Leptin or somebody like him.
1: I think so. Yeah, you, I don't you, know. You, you know you know more than me. Um <laughs> PayPal, Grammarly, uh, Revolut, and there's one more big one, um, PayPal, Revolut, Grammarly, it's a really, it's a really big one. I'm gonna hate myself for forgetting it. Um, oh, WhatsApp, oh yeah, oh, yeah. WhatsApp, a Ukrainian, and I also think Telegram might, it, it might have a, a Ukrainian founder, but I'm not sure.
0: Wow, and you got all those creators or founders of those companies to, to be at the event?
1: No, no, uh, no, none of them, but uh, hopefully <laughs> at the next one.
0: Oh, nice. But they, oh, I see what you're saying. They they were just there to support her.
1: Well, Mr. Wozniak came. So that that was that was pretty amazing.
0: Nice, nice. What what would you say is like, I know we we kind of spoke about things that you really enjoyed throughout your journey and creating this company. But what, what do you think is like, one of your favorite moments um, throughout this uh, experience for you? Like, was it going to a new country and just ha- seeing like the impact that uh, an event can have on people's like, daily lives or their their own personal businesses or was it just like the the, would you say at the moment you you got first got a, a paying sponsor was that more satisfying to you or you know they're all really pretty satisfying right
1: they're both yeah they're both it's like comparing apples and oranges um yeah confirming sponsors feels great every time i confirm a speaker feels great as well Um, and then the the I love the events but I love I love when the events finish and everybody goes to the pub and you just see everybody talking to each other and I know I know investments have happened I know business deals have happened but for sure relationships have happened yeah possibly marriages I'm not sure (laughs) I I I know of at least five long-term couples
0: who are (laughs) matchmaker.
1: yeah yeah exactly so um I, I like seeing that and it's nice most of the people will never message you hey this happened because of your events but um sometimes people do that and it actually means a lot it's quite quite motivating
0: man that's awesome yeah keep keep going i'm, I'm gonna have to go to certain network here in, in the near future yeah maybe uh,
1: to america Let, let's see uh, we have to figure out Europe first i, I <laughs> think either
0: <laughs> either way we'll have a couple uh, irish whiskeys or something whatever you yeah, guys
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah
0: It's one thing I'm curious about Ireland is like it's it's known for being like a like a like a won't say alcoholic like culture, but maybe maybe it is. But how much you guys really drink, or have you seen it?
1: Well, I drank a lot when I was younger, but I think maybe it's the same in America. Non-alcoholic drinks are becoming a lot more popular, (laughs) Uh, and a lot of a lot of Irish people they don't like. I mean, every stereotype is true in a way. There's some Irish people who really don't like that stereotype, but there's truth in it, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I'm getting older, so that might be one reason I'm drinking less.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we drink a lot now and then. And um also like a lot of our culture, like like business is based around the pub and um kind of people become friends first and then they talk about business later. That's um, cool. So yeah, it, It's a nice culture. It's, it's something, it's something that I, I like.
0: Man, that's cool. Yeah. So what is a lot like three or four beer? Cause I've, I've only been doing one beer now, but I guess it's up to.
1: No, like nine or 10,
0: nine <laughs> no, or um, 10 is a lot. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> wow, four
1: or five, six. Um, but yeah, it, it depends.
0: I've got it. I've got it. Go uh, go go I actually, I had
1: this, I had this very funny, we talked about political correctness earlier. I had this crazy experience where um, I was accused of uh, racism. So this this guy, uh, <laughs> he saw Startup Network Europe post an event, and it was called Dublin Startup Drinks. So for me, I'm from Dublin. We're going for drinks. We're startups. No problem. Um, but this guy... <laughs> Did this huge post and he wasn't Irish, but he said, How dare you insult the hardworking uh people of Ireland who built America and um, you know, uh blah, 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 blah. Shame on you. I hope your startup fails. And, you know, it was, it was just a case of a non Irish person being uh, being offended on behalf of Irish people. And we were like, well, What are you talking about, man? We're going for- <laughs> we're very comfortable with that. Um, but I've had very few of those uh, politically correct experiences. Like the vast majority of people in the startup world are just really nice, really positive, and um, not not like that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of realize like, you you know, you're really accountable for for your success. It's just like you can't, if somebody else is an entrepreneur, you you know what they're going through, you know, or you know what they've been through or want to do so. Very, very very great about that um i think last couple of questions here for you adam are um if you could have a dinner with uh any business person or a business dinner with anyone who who would you choose that you haven't had dinner with
1: yet uh elon musk could be a good one i know it, i know it's the most obvious answer but um that that would be good for the gram for the instagram
0: right uh, twitter like, too right not twitter yeah <laughs> twitter. yeah
1: exactly yeah and um who else? Well, I might I might be meeting Al Pacino this Sunday. Pro- probably not, but um, there, there's basically Al Pacino and a few other celebrities. They do this um, tour across Europe, and uh, you can pay to see them on stage, but you can also pay a bit more money to uh, go up to them, get a photo with them, and they sign the photo, and he's my favorite actor, and he's in London this Sunday. I might be in London this Sunday, and we'll see. Nice. Uh, I might, I might go over because I actually I have no tattoos and I I've been thinking, will I get start getting you know tattoos from some of my heroes on, on my arm? It's just something I've been thinking about for a few months. So uh, he's not really a businessman, but I'd I'd like to meet him for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. What what movie was Al Pacino in? He was in not he was in Godfather, no. Godfather,
1: Rock- Godfather two, uh, which is better, I think. Um, All right. Scarface, Scarface De- Devil's Advocate. Um, Serpico, you, you can go on and on and on. A uh, really good actor.
0: Oh yeah, no, that rings a bell. Yeah, he's he's getting up there in age too, huh?
1: Yeah, what what's nearly eighty now, or probably? I bet, I bet
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. In
1: as well, a lot a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these really famous people of our generation. Um, yeah, they're they're getting on in age, so.
0: True that. Um, next question is, uh, if you could give advice to Adam, the twenty-year-old self. And go back in time, what would you uh what would you want to say?
1: Get a sales job because if you get a job in sales, it teaches you everything you need to know about sales, but also about marketing, like the, the entire funnel. Um, and I think more startup founders should do that. I, I mean well, 20 okay, 20, you know, I would say mess around. Yeah, sure. <laughs> in countries, but I think when you're 24, 25, especially 26, 27, you you kind of need to start sorting your life out professionally um i mean there's a lot of people who do english uh teaching abroad and that's great when you're you know in your 20s but next thing you know you're 50 or 60 and um you're in the same job earning the same salary so the, the yeah the 20s are super important to you know I like that yeah,
0: yeah 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 um what what advice would you give to your 30 year old self are you past like the one age? year
1: ago um <laughs> uh, oh, yeah because I'm 31 now um I think Greece at the time that's quite <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think um oh bet on Argentina to win the World Cup
0: oh right right <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one yeah I, I, I uh I didn't yeah France did you bet on France or you just bet on somebody Ireland or
1: I didn't bet on anyone but I, 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 I saw the final with lots of Argentinians and a pub it was nice fantastic. yeah
0: man that's fun and then and then yeah. uh What's the next one? Um, if you could, uh, or if you could tell us what your startup mindset is, what would you say it is?
1: Um, I think, yeah, self responsibility. Uh, take extreme self responsibility. Uh, really tr- make an active effort to blame yourself, tr- or try to blame yourself for whatever is wrong in your business, and you'll probably see it's your fault and that you can fix it, which is great. It's very liberating, actually.
0: Man, I like that too. Yeah. No, I I definitely think like if you stop playing the victim card, right? Like victim Olympics and you say that uh you 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 know you you are what you have um created, like these problems are self-created, I know. It's just maybe sometimes they feel bigger than others in certain days and then yeah, just taking taking that uh point of view and mindset is is really important. Uh well, Adam, man, this has been such a fun conversation. I I, I mean I sure it's- it feels like uh it was just a light conversation about startups i know you do this even you know when you meet new entrepreneurs and just to come into the group so that's that's great um it, when people want to join startup network europe or be part of the network or catch an event um how do they do that
1: yeah just visit startupnetwork.eu and uh, we have a list of our upcoming events there and eventually we're also going to have uh, application forms uh, for all our whatsapp groups so uh, we have WhatsApp groups for startups in Ireland, in London, in uh, in Switzerland, in quite a few countries. So if you find yourselves in one of those uh, countries or cities, um, just apply in the form, and we'll we'll check it when we can.
0: and disclaimer: you don't have to be. I guess you don't have to be from that region. You could you could just be happen to be there and want it. And you're a founder or entrepreneur or What's,
1: yeah, like you don't have to be a I guess a native person, but you should be based there um that that you know so ah like, gotcha yeah exactly like you don't have to be um swiss to be in the swiss startup group but you should be based there or originally from there you should have some some strong connection there
0: you, you have any podcasters in there or anything like that
1: uh do any podcasts i recommend
0: or, or, or uh podcasts in those groups or do you have to be a certain kind of company to to be in there
1: oh okay um no it's normally just if someone's a founder oh i got you um a startup founder yeah they're they're welcome so the vast majority of people are uh, early stage startup founders but you have a few investors and uh scale <laughs> there as well and then it, the group is better when most people are founders but it, sometimes you also need um cpo ctos uh kind of accelerator actors, yeah, yeah.
0: Man, yeah, if you ever want to make, start a podcast network, that'd be, that'd be fun, right?
1: <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, There's good ones out there, including yours. I'll, I'll give it a listen
0: more. Thanks, Adam. Um, well, thank you so much for today. And uh, cheers, man. I... That does it for another amazing episode of Surer Mindsets. If you like this episode, check out a couple of our other episodes where we talk about building community and the true value of a community, such as our episode with uh, Jonathan Javier, CEO of Juan Salty as well as uh, the founder of plug and play Jojo Flores. And they talk about having a community of startups within your accelerator, as well as a community of individuals looking to achieve the same thing. And I think this whole notion of community and networks, it truly does enhance your, I I would just say it uplifts your confidence if y'all would like to be more, more a part of the star mindset community, uh, follow our newsletter on LinkedIn. Um, I'll have the links in the com, uh, not the comments, but the description here as well as follow us on social media. But I think even going a step deeper into that, um, yeah, introduce yourselves, let us know who you are and what we can do to uh, further your career or, you know, give you more information or connections and knowledge to, uh, take the next step in the direction that you're headed. So, uh, yeah, See you. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode.